Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, myself, for the next couple of hours. Thanks for carving out some of your morning to spend here with us. On the BMW Des Moines guest list, well, we're going to start uh, with... Um, a whole lot of optimism, maybe baseball, maybe baseball. Scott Miller Bleacher Report. He's a national columnist. He's also heard regularly on uh, the MLB network about uh, TV as well as uh, Sirius uh, XM. And uh, Scott Miller will join us to give his take and to pick his brain as to, you know, is the optimism that we're feeling warranted or not? There's still some work to do, but boy, it sure seems like they're at the one inch line. Doesn't it to you? I'm hoping. Okay. <laughs> so, Heyman comes out with the tweet yesterday. It's, we've got it. It's over. In the 1 o'clock hour, 10 minutes later, another tweet from a baseball writer. Whoa, pump the, the brakes. brakes a little bit. Uh-huh. Optimistic. Absolutely. Yeah. That it feels like. Players want more here. games. Owners have come up. They're going to play. They're willing to play 60. And they're going to pay the full prorated right. salary. Right. So, that has uh, been certainly the biggest contention, mm-hmm. sticking point on both sides. The players got that side of it, and it sounds like the owners are going to get what they want, and in turn, what will turn out to be more money and expanded playoffs for this year. As many as 16 of the 30 teams yeah. are going to get in. I w- Are you excited for that? October's Tigers, Angels? Be, yeah, I am, actually. <laughs> actually, I am. Side me up. Yeah, just a, afternoon baseball all throughout that week. Dang. You and I are off at noon, I remind you. Ah, very this good. is the perfect time slot. <laughs> uh, so we've got uh, Scott Miller coming up at 10.20. Mark Morehouse from the Cedar Rapids Gazette at 10.40. We will speak with Mark. Governor Kim Reynolds is scheduled to meet the media today and give us the latest uh, on uh, on the COVID-19. So we will hear from Governor Reynolds at 11. At 11.35, we're going to get into the Big 12 with Pete Mundo from Heartland College Sports. Uh, we'll pick his brain on a number of topics, obviously Mike Gundy, the situation at K-State as well with the um, the sickness that is the virus that is going through uh, the Wildcats program. So we'll talk to him about a number of things. Um, you know, some gloom and doom football-wise today. I, like I've always said, I believe the science. Mm-hmm. I hope the science is wrong here. Um, Dr. Fauci doesn't think there's going to be football. He said that today, apparently. So I don't know. Uh, we don't. Did he say he didn't think there was going to be football or there shouldn't? be football because he said it's going to I'm I'm reading from Mike Florio right now I thought you said football season will be hard to pull off unless the players are uh, put in a bubble I I don't know I don't even think about that I don't want to think of a world without football right now selfishly I just really don't we've made this through now over three months I know I'm proud of you and I I thought you and I would be a couple weeks yeah maybe 
right? Yeah. Uh, but because um, we don't have a lot of depth. No, not at all. That's, Sports depth, sure. Right. We can dig in there. Mm-hmm. Unlike things. our colleagues, we don't have those. We can't go to those other topics and make them sound, uh, make that uh, appeal to an audience. But we will get through on sports, and we have thus far. Uh, and we will talk to um, Scott Miller coming up here in about 15 minutes. So let's get into it. A couple of things. Are you good with the DH going away? Uh, I'm torn, to be honest. I love the National League game. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I love the management, forcing the manager to make some decisions. That part of the game are going to be, you know, no longer be a part of it, obviously, if, um, if we don't have these double switches or even if your guys. You know, even if your guy's cruising along and you got you're down a run and you got a runner on second, but your your pitcher can't hit a lick, uh, you're going to take him out. And so it's it's not good for the game that you take a pitcher if you're if you're watching the game, whether in person or on TV. And you know, this you guys only got 88 pitches. He's got a couple innings left. What are you doing? I got to move the runner over. You want to score that run to tie it up? I get that part, uh, but at the same time, it's going to maybe. Uh, provide us an opportunity to some of the, see some of the game's best hitters mm-hmm, extend careers, right? I mean, and look at the guys that have at the end of their career uh, gone uh, to solely DH. Nelson Cruz. There's a perfect one. You know, we talked about this a lot last summer. It was my first time ever being able to see Nelson Cruz on a full time basis, day in and day yeah. out, and just how entertaining he is to mm-hmm. watch as a hitter. How smart he is, and you get those kind of guys. Yeah. Edgar Martin is a great example, a guy that without a defensive position, just couldn't play. But the dude could hit and could do it mm-hmm. for, what, the last seven, eight, nine years of his career. No question. We're almost exclusively as yeah. a designated hitter. Edgar Martinez in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I love being able to see those kind of players. I, I love to see them out there in every level of baseball. There's a DH. Well, look, at I mean, the, the, the team that moves the needle here most of all mm-hmm. – all of a sudden, they don't have to hide Kyle Schwarber anymore, right? They Perfect. got a place for him. Yes. How, uh, how many conversations have we had oh, throughout Jesus. the years? Well, ultimately, he'll He's be traded to an American League. League team, right? He's going to Fenway. It's a short porch and right, the pesky yeah. pole. Right. It's perfect for him. Uh, but, but now you don't have to. And, he's, and he, to his credit, he's actually an average outfielder. Below C minus. Right, but you, you can put him now beforehand. I mean, the, the first year they made the playoffs. I mean, Trent, this was the. I think I said and got killed for saying it. There's never been a worse outfielder in the history of playoff baseball <laughs> because he was just a complete, completely lost out. But you have to have him in the lineup, and you now the Cubs got him. Now they got him in the lineup every so single time, and the, the flexibility that mm-hmm. they have with the roster that they have, I would say an advantage. Yes. The way that they're built compared to some of the other National Absolutely. League teams, and the way they'll be able to do it. I, I don't have a problem with it. You, when you were mentioning the idea, it reminded you remember the movie Little Big League? I remember the name. I, don't, I didn't watch it. Was it was the kid becomes manager. It's the twins. And I remember yeah. being in the theater. You actually paid money to go see oh, it. Oh, yeah. Well, I was the exact same age as the kid. I was like 13. It was, oh, then I don't remember. I'm thinking of a different one. Well, well there was not. another one, Rookie of the Year. That's the one I'm Kid becomes of. a pitcher was for he the a, Cubs. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but I remember the twins one, too. But yeah. uh, Anyway, so oh, go ahead. But we're sitting in the theater, and you're mentioning managers. And as he's getting ready and making the decision that he's going to become the manager of the Twins, he says, eh, how tough can it be? We're in the American League. Right. And I was the only person in the theater that laughed at that one. <laughs> that one really flew over the head of a lot uh-huh. of people. I thought it was hilarious, but but that line, because, yeah, you put in your lineup and there's just not a whole uh-huh. lot to it, which can be a good thing, too. Speaking of that, uh, going back to Monday night as I was out at the high school baseball games at Principal Park, 
it was so weird as they were exchanging lineup cards and seeing coaches on each side. Coach Miller, probably 10 feet away from home plate. Oh, yeah. So how did they get him across to him? They I don't know out? if they reached out and handed it to the umpire. Coach High for Ankeny Centennial, same thing. But there wasn't the shaking yeah, of hands. Right. There wasn't that. After the game, there wasn't the shaking of hands. Mm. And just those small little parts of baseball mm. that you're so used to and how different they're going to be. Same thing. Major League Baseball, do they really need to exchange lineup cards? I mean, there, There's a printer think, in the ballpark. Right. right. This is what our lineup's going to be printed out. There's the umpire. Now, Get your smartphone out and send it to the crew chief. Right. Easy enough, right? It seems like it would These be. little things, little nuances. Well, have you been sports. to a restaurant since? Yeah. And how did you get your menu? Uh, we got actual menus, but I have seen also the, what is it, the Q code that you can, you basically scan it on right. your phone right. and it pops right up there. Yeah. And then you're not handling right. menus that other people have Now, touched. was the menu you, that you got a disposable or was it like a real one that had been there for It was a disposable, yeah. yeah it I was figured. on paper. Right. And that's the direction that they went. Yeah, it's uh, a different world that and we're living in. it is. In. So, Cindy and I, I don't know why I'm digressing, uh, my wife and I, we were messing around online Found plane tickets to Chicago. Yeah. $96 return. Trent, you can't drive there for that. Right. When you're parking, when you're parking 65 70 a night, mm-hmm. I get it. I got to take an Uber from the airport to the, uh, to the hotel. So we jumped on him. You did. Yeah, but we're not going. <laughs> you're not going. <laughs> no. Well, just to have him in the back no, pocket now? No, it sounded like a good idea at the time, and we were both all jacked up to do it because we don't want to... You know, spend the rest of our, you know, just cooped up the good years yeah, yeah. In, indoors. Damn it, we're going. We're staying at the Drake. We love the Drake Hotel. We love that part of Chicago. $96. How can we afford not to do? And, and I love the toll road, but I hate the toll road. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's 88, right? It's 88. Uh, when your head's. Sh- it's, it's great because there's not as much traffic, but if you have one of those passes. Oh, they're great. But you don't, you can't buy one, can you, as a non res? Can you, you get a two-day pass? You can. Maybe I should have. Maybe I'm, I've talked about this before. Yeah, I think. Well, I think last year when we were going to yeah, Chicago, I, I think we talked about it. Did you get one? I didn't. Or did you even go 88? I did, yeah. And I, was there something that you could pay ahead or pay after you missed? Might or, have been. You might have been. But I, we didn't it. do it. Well, if you miss it, you've got, uh, yeah, they upcharge you, but that's okay anyways. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't think. Because I was running out of change at one point. I'm like, oh. Guess I'm going to have to just miss this one. Well, the good thing about the only good thing about the toll booths, and not a lot of people know this about them, there's a public restroom at every toll booth. Did you know that? You've told me this. As before. soon as you go yeah. through the the little building, not the actual where the person's in mm-hmm. or used to be in. I don't know if they're still in or not. Um, there's that little like I don't know an office, if you will, and there's public restrooms there. Nice, every single one of them, and nobody knows about them. So you can, yeah, you can go to the rest stop and stuff, but at the tolls, uh, that's the way to go. Anyways, um, I don't know where we were. I'm, I apologize for getting us off track, but $96 for a plane ticket uh, certainly seemed to be something that you shouldn't pass up. Uh, and we didn't, and now we're probably going to let them expire. So uh, we'll talk to Scott Miller. I, I'm in for the DH um, after thinking about it and going back and forth and you lose a pitcher, you you take out some of the managerial moves out of the equation, but you get to see some of the game's best sluggers, right? So there's kind of, you balance the skills, and everybody's different other skills are going to balance. I'm with you on the expanded playoffs. They should be fun. 
Uh, I don't know how they're going to fit a 60-game schedule in. If there's nine teams, mm-hmm. other teams in the three divisions, well, you play each other's three, three, three at home, three on the road, that's 54. Nine times eight is 72. How do you do 60? Do you have a couple of crossovers outside your central? You have some four-game series in there? I Even know. a five-game series but to for cut competitive down on ba- Oh, yeah. You know what? Everything's different, right? Mm-hmm. The competitive balance probably flies out the window because this is the situation. Let's get Mark in here. Mark wants to chime in. Mark, welcome to the program. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, hey, um, just so you know, I got a son and uh, his family in Chicago. We, buy a, uh, we got an iPass years ago. Yeah. And uh, actually... If you've got the iPass, it's half of what they charge you with cash. Is when that, you go I didn't know that. Oh. So, so do you have to pay? I can't remember. We, yeah, I was going to say, ahead, what, do, what do you pay, Mark? Do you have any idea? Because I'm not. I'm guessing you don't go visit them every week, right? Does it well, pay for itself? A, don't, don't ask my wife about what <laughs> last time we were able to go. Yeah, um, yeah it really does when you go in. Because we go in on 88, yep. and they live way up by uh, O'Hare. So we go through quite a few. Yeah. Um, by the time you get all the way up north there. Um, yeah, I cannot remember. I know we had to go to a grocery store, one of the grocery store chain service desks to get it. And then I can't remember. It really wasn't too pricey to get. Well, it's probably worth it just to take the hassle out of yeah. slowing down and having change. Yes, and, yes. Yeah. And ever since they made it, and ever since they made a drive through, it's wonderful. And then we got one for, I've got a son in Lawrence, Kansas, too. So we got a K pass. Yeah. Yeah, so, I did. Uh, I have been yeah, on that no. toll road coming back from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Mark. So well, thank anyway, you for the uh, thanks hey, for the info. Sure thing. Thank you, guys. Yeah, appreciate good work. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you chiming in. If you uh, are not an iPass customer, you can visit any Jewel Osco location, open an iPass account, and immediately be- begin enjoying the benefits. This is from the <laughs> GetIPass.com website, and maybe going to change the uh, the drives over to Chicago now yeah, having absolutely. this information. So maybe my $96 wasn't looking so... Well, you still, it's you're 70 still. bucks to park if you stay right, down there. Right, right. Think of the gas just that you're going to be... And, that, and it's way less hassle. Oh, yes. I got to pee, and, <laughs> and you just peed. <laughs> you know what that's like, right? Anyways, uh-huh. uh, let's, get, let's get back to sports. So um, do you feel that we'll know today, tomorrow? They, they said one thing that I saw yesterday, it might have been from the athletic column about it, that they anticipate through the weekend. That through the weekend, this is going to. By the time we reconvene on Monday, mm-hmm. we will have official. So, answers. what do the players want? Uh, they they want to play more games. By the sounds of things, yes, that's yeah. their only. Because they're getting that full prorated, they mm-hmm. want the amount of games to to continue to increase. Major League Baseball is steadfast. They want that September twenty seventh end of the regular season date, not just because of the possibility of a second wave and getting mm-hmm. the playoffs in, but their TV partners have also said. Look, we don't want baseball in November. We don't want baseball in December. We don't want this. We want the baseball schedule to conclude this way. This is when we believe there's going to be enough numbers, and the biggest numbers is to do it in the quote-unquote traditional time. Mm -hmm. This might push it back an extra week, half week, because of the expanded playoffs. Teams last year that would have made the playoffs in this structure. If you're talking about 16 teams getting in eight from each league. And this is after how many games? You're looking at this. Well, I'm just looking at the end of the season standings oh, okay. last year. Gotcha. But Cleveland would have got in last year. They okay. won 93 games. Mm-hmm. Boston would have got in last year. They won 84. The last team to get in would have been Texas, who was 78 and 84. So they'd be your eight seed. 
taking on the Astros in the first round. So there's not going to be any buys? So we, we don't know this, though, do right, we? Right, right. This is if they do go the full 16-team, eight-in-each-league bracket. I think you have to give the division... If you give teams one and two in each of the you know the, the West, the Central, and the East... The top two yeah, get a they buy. Yeah, they get a buy for the first... And then you're talking more of a kind of a play-in mm-hmm. round, best two out of three, something like yeah. that, or even just a one-off. It'd probably be a one-off, wouldn't it? For those last couple of spots, you have the seven play the ten, the eight play the nine. You can okay. do that. Yeah. At that direction, have that a one game, and then maybe the next round is a three. Uh, there's so many different things that they can do. Your team's getting the playoffs last year in the NL, the Mets, the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Mets got in. And the Cubs would have gotten in. Well, that works for me. Even as bad as uh, the end of the season was for right. the Cubs, they will would have still got in. Now this is going to be... So, so different. You wonder about pitching staffs. And initially, a guy's arms aren't going to be ready. And guys, starting pitchers aren't going to be able to throw 100, 110 pitches when they get things going. But as you get deeper into the season, do you go four-man rotation? Mm, yes. Do you change do you it do? that direction? You're going to have the increase it's of the f- roster size. It's a full-out sprint. It is. Well, we got a lot more with uh, Scott Miller. I'm excited yeah. to talk with this him. This is like baseball. you tuning in on August the 1st. Yeah. Right in previous years, this is this is going to be a sprint. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to, to speaking with him uh, as well. Mark Morehouse coming up at 10:40. Really hasn't been a lot going on. Uh, I don't think with the. I mean, it's been turned over, right? It's with that uh, um, independent investigation. Firm, yeah. Yep. Uh, the independent investigation. I know there's a lot of the for, the Wadley, the Akram Wadley's mom. Uh, uh, what's the group that they've formed? I can't remember what it was called. Apparently there's a lot of Iowa alums on this independent group. Look, I was got a law program, right? If you you, you, um, you live in the Midwest and you're a lawyer, there's probably a pretty good chance uh, that if you take a look at the the lineup of any of those law firms, that there's going to be an Iowa graduate on it. So anyways, I, I think maybe that's a little bit overblown. So Mark Morehouse at 1040 will get the latest on what he has heard. Uh, what else? Uh, Governor Kim Reynolds at 11, and then we're going to talk some Big 12 with Pete Munda. Boy, this, uh, this Mike Gundy story. You remember Alfred Williams? Former Bronco, won a Super Bowl, played at CU. Uh, was he on one or two of the Shanahan Super Bowls in Denver? Linebacker? No, it was a, line, it was a defensive line. Okay. He might have been on, in a 3-4. Um, but he accused Gundy, and this isn't the first time he said this. He has said this previously. I think he does a talk show in Denver now. Okay, uh, that that he is uh, that he has accused Gundy of using the N word repeated or numerous Ooh. times with him when they were both players. Wow. So uh, and and that's resurfaced, and now other players that played against Mike Gundy have come out and said, yeah, he said the same thing to to me. So we'll see where it's going uh, with that. That seems like it's kind of far back to go. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. Back into the 80s. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it didn't happen. We don't know. Uh, Anyways, we do know that Scott Miller is going to join the program next. We will pick Scott Miller's brain on the, fingers crossed, pending 2020 MLB season. When will we get a schedule? That's what I want to know. As soon as the agreement's there, they got to be. So they're hammered it out right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think we're we're crossing T's, we're dotting I's. I think that's the point that they're at now, and figuring out what this playoff bracket's going to look like. And then after that comes what Trent Condon, you sicko? Somebody's going to be putting a line on and over under on these things, and and I'll be firing away. (laughs) Something to fire at. Over over under on the Twins in a sixty game schedule. Thirty six and a half. 
36. I think I got to take over with that. You got to take over? Well, let's see. Let's extra- extrapolate what they were last year. Oh, so they, you're going to do math? We're going to do a little math okay. here. They were 6 623 win percentage last okay. year. Let's uh, bring up the old calculator. 623. Uh-huh. Put, take your shoes off. <laughs> Times 60. Second, thir- 37.3. Good job, out of you. That, that was very well done. Scott Miller next. Miller and Condon until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 106. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO. Scott Miller is a national MLB columnist for Bleacher Report, Turner Sports. You hear him on MLB Network, the uh, MLB. On Sirius XM, he's everywhere. He's with us right now, and we're grateful he joins us. Scott, thank you. Trent Condon, Ken Miller in Des Moines. Scott, we feel, um, at least we felt yesterday at about 1 o'clock Central Time, that, oh, my gosh, uh, let the bells ring out and the banners fly. Baseball is back. We still think we're pretty close. Where are you, Scott Miller? Yeah, we we are. Basically, yeah, Commissioner Rob Manford flew to Arizona, and he and Tony Clark met one-on-one and as MLB announced yesterday they made the framework for a deal and as you know Manfred says it was a case of you know they each had to take the deal back to their constituents which means the deal's not done if if it's the framework of a deal right if you got to take it back to your constituents that means you've got to get the votes and get people to sign off on it so I think people jumped the gun yesterday even because everybody's looking for such positive news. And it was positive news yesterday after the ridiculousness of the last week to 10 days. So anyway, I think we're about there. But, you know, the Players Union, you know, does not view this as a done deal. And they still would like more games. You know, they did get five more games or 10 more games that, you know, the current offers 60 games and they get their full prorated salaries. Um, they would like a few more games, um, and that's what I think behind the scenes they're trying, I'm told they're trying to do. They're, they're lobbying for still more games, uh, which would be great. All of us would love more games. The more the better, right? But, uh, you know, it, it's the owners that are trying to limit the number of games because they say they're losing so much money with no fans. And so, you know, they don't want to pay the players for all, you know, the, they want to pay the players for as few games as possible, basically. So they've set it 60. The players are trying to get a few more. I think they'll end up settling in around 65. But I think it's going to be, what are we? Every day's the same in this uh, pandemic, right? <laughs> yeah. Today's Thursday. It yeah, is. Thursday yeah. the 18th, Scott, yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to say it's not going to happen today. I'm going to say they're still going to talk, and the players are going to try to get more games. And I'm going to say it drags either into tomorrow or through the end of the weekend, possibly first of next week. 
and then we'll have an answer. It'll be a lead-up. Uh, players will start to make their way to wherever they're yeah. going to be training. What's the latest on that as we're into almost summer now at this point? You know, doing spring training in Minnesota and New York, a little bit more difficult than it is Florida, Arizona. Will these teams be descending onto their home ballparks? Will they still be going back to their spring training facilities, or is that TBD? Um, I'm told, I believe most clubs will be training in their home cities, possibly not all, depending on uh, what the team wants to do and the, uh, you know, geography and the, where you know whatever the coronavirus is doing in their home city uh for example geography i mean um say take a couple of western teams like like los angeles um you know the 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 numbers in los angeles are not good with the coronavirus and you know i'm speculating here this is not inside information but i'm just giving you a for instance um you know the dodgers where they train in the Phoenix area, I mean, it's in the, it's not that difficult of a drive. It's only about a five-hour drive. So theoretically, a team like them where coronavirus is high in their city, they could, you know, drive over to their spring training site. Um, I don't know if they will or not, but that would be an example of why a team or how a team might go to their spring training site. The other thing is, um, you know, how spring training plays out. Because baseball does still have to, with the players' union, negotiate and work out the health protocol stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing is, you know, what kind of groupings are allowed in in each state? You know, what, what, what the governor is allowing. So in some states, say, for example, if you, ha- if you can only have, if, if, if you're prohibited from gathering more than, you know, 40 or 50 people at once. Um, that had caused, like, a, a team in that state could still have spring training in its home ballpark, but it would have to do it in waves. You know, they'd have to have almost two or three shifts of spring training, you know, because by you get all the players, you're going to need, you know, probably 60 players, coaches. You know, you might have 70 or 80 people, so you might have to do, you know, three ways. You know, maybe, you know, one group works out, in the ballpark from, you know, nine until 11, you know, noon. And then the, and they leave the next wave comes in noon to three and then three to six, you know, almost like shifts at a auto plant or something. So that's to be worked out. If, if teams worked out at, at their spring training ballparks and they had, you know, where everybody has five or six fields, then maybe you could the team could work out at once, but you know you wouldn't have the large group on one field. You'd be split up. Um, a lot of that stuff still has to be worked out. But my understanding is most teams, I think, because spring training will be abbreviated enough, they're not going to want to waste time traveling back and forth. I think the weather hold in each city where they'll probably train in their home ballpark. Uh, Scott, your your thoughts on the uh, DH that apparently is going to go away. I, I'm torn as an old school. I love the, the, the strategy that goes late inning strategy that goes into uh, keeping a pitcher in or taking a pitcher out. I, I'm going to miss that at the same time. It gives some of the, uh, an opportunity for the game's best sluggers to maybe extend their career by a year or two. So I could go either way. I'm going to miss it, though, I think is my bottom line. How about you? Yeah, I will. It's going to be a relic of a bygone era. Um, yeah, I've, I'm more old school. I'm more, 
you know, I like the National League game where you, where you have to make the decisions. Um, you know, managers hit different pressure points about when they should remove their pitcher. Should I let him bat this inning? I, all of that, I think, is good. I hate to see it go away. Um, you know, I've always thought that, you know, I, I've never understood why pitchers just flat out can't hit, and it has to be such a disadvantage. I mean, over the years, there have been a handful of guys. Um, you know, Bob Gibson was one. Don Drysdale was one. John Smoltz was one. Uh, where they were, they had enough pride and they were enough athletes that they could hit a little bit. You know, maybe maybe not like Rod Carew, but they could do some damage every so often at the plate. And I've always felt like, you know, you're an athlete, you're a competitor, and, and those pitchers that could help themselves when they're pitching, I thought it was a big advantage. But um, it just seems like fewer and fewer pitchers can hit, and it, it's gotten worse and worse. And, and that leads me to why. I'm ready to throw my hands up on the whole DH issue because I think one reason, you know, you see fewer pitchers who can hit outside of Madison Bumgarner and Clayton Kershaw. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm right here. I think the National League is the only league in the world pretty much now that doesn't have a DH. You know, even in high schools and colleges, you have DHs. So a lot of these pitchers now, they don't even bat in high school or college or through the minor leagues. Then all of a sudden they get to the national league and, and they're asked to hit. It's just a, a bad thing. So that's the one area where I'm like, uh, you know, I'm ready to not die on this hill anymore because, um, you know, when, when nobody else has the DH, the, the, the pitchers in the national league end up fishes out of water. Talking baseball here with Scott Miller from Bleacher Report. Scott, last thing from me, uh, the expanded playoffs that continues to be talked about, there is a lot of parameters still to be put in, but a chance for more money to come in for Major League Baseball from television contracts. 16 teams has been bandied about. What's the latest on that, and what would the structure of the playoffs be, at least that's being talked about now? Yeah, it's. Uh, it looks like, again, I think, it's going to be a few more days before this agreement is reached, but it looks good. And yes, as you said, Trent, the expanded playoffs would be included. So um, we don't know completely what it looked like. My understanding, talking to my sources, is I think the early rounds, you know, between the the lesser teams, you know, the wild card type mm-hmm. teams, I think those are going to end up being two out of three. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to have the one game. Uh, you know, play-in type games anymore. Uh, so I, I think they'll start there and then and then move into, you know, once the early rounds happen, move into more similar to what, what we've seen. But that, you know, that still has to be complete, you know, worked out, the, the I's dotted, the T's crossed. But it d- does look like now there will be 16 teams in the playoffs, uh, you know, this year and next, and then I would trust after that as well. Scott, last thing in our final 45 seconds, are you prepared to uh, to write your column or your recap based on not getting the locker room to get a quote from players? It sounds like, at least for the time being, that those days of going into locker rooms after a game, those, um, those might be uh, long gone. Yeah, I mean, I hope it's temporary. I, you know, I mean, you're right. That'll be the case for this year. I mean, there's no way the media is, you know, until we have a vaccine and things are back to normal, you know, the media won't go in the clubhouses and all. So, you know, it'll be a different way of doing the job. Um, it, it, You know, doing what I do 
gleaning information. It's all about relationships and working the clubhouse and talking to the players and, you know, getting to know the players. I've written a few things uh, during the shutdown this summer, you know, where I've had to, you know, call players at home, you know, and I've done that from players who have given me their home phone number. You know, I haven't worked that much through the media relations departments and that's all about relationships. And that's, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be different not being able to go in the clubhouse. Um, I, I get why it's, uh, it's going to make a guy like me, you know, I'm going to do, do my job, you know, basically with one hand tied behind my back. Um, I'm not thrilled about it. Um, I wish it was different, but you know, I understand where we're at. And again, I just hope it's, it's temporary and that, you know, we, we can get back to normal in the way I do my job and in the way so many others of us do our jobs and go to movie theaters and go grocery shopping and all that stuff. I hope we get all get back to normal, uh, you know, with a vaccine, uh, sooner than later. So we can, uh, you know, get through all this and, uh, not worry about our family and friends getting sick and, and, um, you know, having a little bit more freedom to, you know, just run into the grocery store to get something and not park and, and walk across the parking lot and then realize, oh, God, forgot God, your I mask. forgot my mask. Yeah. Yeah. i got to go back to the car. <laughs> yeah. Scott, we're out of time. Thank you, Scott Miller. Appreciate it. Uh, I love picking your brain. Look forward to doing it once we have baseball. Thank you, Scott. All right, guys. Thank you. Take care. Stay stay safe. Yeah, you do the same. Scott Miller from Bleacher Report, Sirius XM, MLB Network. We will take a time out. Mark Morehouse joins us next. Hawkeyes may play one day in the new bowl game. Oh, there's a new bowl game? Well, there's a new name for the Belk Bowl. It is the Kmart Bowl. No, it's worse. <laughs> it's the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl. Well, anytime you can be selected for... The mayonnaise bowl. The mayo bowl. Duke mayo bowl. A bowl of oranges. Sounds pretty good. Not bad. A bowl of mayonnaise, not so much. I wonder what that trophy's going to look like. Just a big old glob of mayo. Oh, my God. Duke mayo bowl in place. And that is a Big Ten tie-in. It is Every now. other yes. year? I believe so, yeah. I think it is, too. SEC and the Big Ten split, and it remains an ACC tie, I want to say. Uh, uh, we'll talk to Mark Morehouse next. Governor Kim Reynolds at 11. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports on the Big 12 at 11.35. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.5. Hi, welcome back. 1045 here in the morning. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3. FM Governor Kim Reynolds will carry her press conference at 11, 11.35 or thereabouts. Uh, Pete Mundo from Heartland College Sports on the Big 12. Uh, Mark Morehouse from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Mark, thank you for coming on. Uh, Trent and Ken. Trent and I were speaking before the show today. Um, I mentioned the fact that we're in the middle of June, and I don't believe I've been more ill-prepared for a pending college football season than I've ever been at any time this year, Mark. There's just so much going on, and we're just we're not doing X's and O's. We're not doing you know position battles, and I miss that quite frankly. Well, I think we all do, and uh, just just the very, I think just the very uh, the idea of football we're seeing. You know, Kansas State last night, you know, I don't know how many players ended up testing positive for COVID, but 
I don't think it's the severity of COVID right now with this core group, although there are coaches who are older. But what I think is ha- going to happen is uh, I think there has to be football, at least on some level this fall. Um, I'm just not sure what, how that's going to look because, you know, you have quarantines and then everything shifts for your training staff. And um, when that's constantly shifting, it's really hard to get anything done. And to me, football, you know, they practice for a reason. There's repetitions yeah. for a reason. And uh, that's how it works. So I don't think there's – I don't know if football will ha- gather enough sort of forward momentum to look like it usually does. That's a fair point, Mark. And, you know, what? yesterday the talkers seemed to be – the non-conference games are in, at peril right now. Uh, there's a lot of conferences that are apparently in, having internal meetings. You know, let's just play nine or ten conference games, whatever the case is going to be. But, but we're just going to, out of the, um, you know, the utmost caution, if we have to move the season back a couple of weeks, although I think it's probably going to end up being better to move forward, but that's just me. But have you heard the fact that non-con games, which obviously means Cyhawk and in our state, may not happen this year, that it might be strictly conference games? Yeah, I've not heard that. I, I just uh, I just know what's going on with the training staff and how that's changing and how that's changed the timeline. Um, I don't know how, you know, it could come down, things are pushed back, you know, into February or something like that. I, I don't see that. Uh, I think there'll be, I think it could come down to maybe just whatever games they can spit out. You know, if it's five games, you know, and then everybody goes home at Thanksgiving, maybe it's that. I, I, I think I still think on the COVID front, as far as college, you know, as far as major sports go, it's still wait and see. Yep. And you know, be able being able to, you know, predict or maybe carve out, you know, what a reasonable season could be. I, I think is kind. Of, I don't want to say the fool's errand. I mean, that's that's what we're all thinking about. But I'm not sure how valuable it is because we don't know what's going to happen. Mark, as you look at the games on the field, however they play out, how many we're going to have out there, limited spring practice for most college football programs. This summer lead-up is going to be different in terms of distancing. Are you going to have a group of 105 players coming through and practicing together? More than likely, that's not going to be the case. What is the actual football going to look like on the field this year? Yeah, I, I you know, at the beginning, uh, Kirk Ferentz said, and I thought that, and I agreed with him, I thought this was a really logical point, is that, you know, some players, some teams that just ha- are gifted with speed, you know, where it's just hand, you know, quarterback take the ball and run around the end, those teams will probably be okay. You know, when it comes down to just simply making athletic plays and uh, uh, more more so than the other team, I think those, those, I think you'll see a season of explosive plays and some maybe defense that probably is, isn't where it needs to be. But, you know, a team like Iowa, you look at you look at the reps, and I think you know their their program. You know, they like to say there's three running plays, and maybe there is, maybe 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 there's different emphases emphasis on each you know different parts of each play. But there is nuance to it, and there is repetitions to it. And I think you know Iowa need is a type of program that will need all that. You know, and I don't think I'm not sure it can get it in a cohesive way with you know, like say. Let's say uh, the the secondary is out in quarantine this week, you know, and then you know the quarterback's throwing over managers against Amir, you know, with Amir Smith Marset running whatever route he wants. That's not going to be very valuable practice. <laughs> no, indeed not. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, and then combine that with trying to break in a new starting quarterback. Teams like that, Mark, like Iowa, 
that's going to, I think, going to be a disadvantage. I mean, you want a veteran, a guy who's been through that, that maybe doesn't need the importance. Uh, and I don't want to minimize what uh, what August means and what uh, spring football meant. Uh, but it 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 would be nice to have a guy that knows uh, knows what he's doing out there and has done it before, like you know, like Nate Stanley would have provided had he had another year left. Right. Um, I think I think we're we're underestimating Spencer Petrie. Uh, I think his knowledge level is there. But you're right, Ken. You said it. I mean, he's not done it before, so there is that variable. We we can't really just pull vault over that. But. Uh, Everything I've read, every contact I've had, I mean, I think his head's in the right place. Now, can he make plays when the pocket's breaking down? You know, we'll find out. Um, but right now, I'm going to give I'm going to give Spencer Petrus the benefit of the doubt. Um, I, I, I I am optimistic that he'll be he'll be you know between 2,500 and 3,000 yards if it, if it's a full season. I'm just going up full season stats, and he'll probably be close to 20 touchdowns. He'll probably be fewer than 10 interceptions. Mark, as you look back now at the last couple of weeks, we, we've talked here on the program about Iowa football, the tweets that came out in social media that went along with it. Uh, Doyle now, since we've lost Spoke, he, he has officially lost his job in the separation agreement that was announced on Monday. An all-encompassing view back over the last couple of weeks for you as a beat writer with this program. Yeah, it's been a bit of a ride. Yeah. Um, Things change, perspectives change. I made you know dozens of calls on this and trying to gain perspective. And I think this is a story of perspective. I mean, power, perspective, so much. But uh, if you look at the tweet, the tweet exchange between Tyler Kluver and Matt Hankins, I think that's really a microcosm of this. I mean, no spitting. It was no spitting for some guys, and then it was right. a racial attack for other guys. Uh, that's a problem in perception. And all the, you know, I made a ton of calls this week and, you know, you, you get a hold of enough parents and, you know, you, the question boomerang, boomerangs back to you, you know, didn't you see anything? And, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I guess I didn't, I don't know. But so there, you know, there's, I think that within me is triggered, you know, just an unmerciful look into what, how I see the job. Do I have the cultural literacy to, to make it work the way it needs to? I don't know. And that, but I think that's probably, you know, I know Iowa has shown us what it needs to, and I would say that, you know, don't measure anybody's contrition because we don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, Gary Barta cried at his press conference. I would not question the sincerity there. But, yeah, Gary's part of the, part of the reason why it's here. And so, um, I don't know, it's been a tough few weeks, and I, I really think, you know, there's a point now where, you know, you, you just can't you just can't reach out to the guys who come in. You know, you, you there are some... Uh, some stories where it didn't work, where guys didn't hold up their end of the bargain. What those, what did those stories look like? What did the process of quote unquote running a guy off look like? Um, I hope the introspection goes that far because I think those are some, there's some real reflections that could come out of that, that, that could heal things. And, you know, let's look at it right this way. Kirk Ferentz has a bunch of players here who bought into his program who still want to be coached. There's still some value. There's still some healing here. Um, I'm just going to wait, see what, uh, see what happens next in this story. Uh, Mark, last thing uh, for you. Help me out with what happened in 2019 that Barter referenced. That uh, apparently there was a an opportunity to look back, and there was uh, some committees formed for this very reason. And for whatever reason, I'm not saying it fell on deaf ears, but it seemed to stall at some point. When he was talking about that at the 2019, what was he referencing? I'm not a hundred percent on that as far as as far as uh, as far as events goes but 
every you know I talked to a lot of people within the program and and or just within the athletic department and yeah that he's Gary's right I mean that that had started I mean Broderick Benz had taken you know had taken that and moving it and moved it forward um do you guys I don't know I'm gonna put this out to you guys do you guys think that it it, it, it would have eventually have led to what was found what what players brought out what James Daniels brought out with Chris Doyle I mean would it have led to that you know, you look at you look at the balance. Would Iowa have been strong enough to say, "Okay, we've got a real problem here"? No, I don't without, think they would have marked the players. No. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's that's you know, it's a lot of moral quandary here, and uh, I hope that gets addressed. Well, look, you go back to the very first statement that Ferentz put out. I mean, there was the first line was sorry, but and then the second, the very, the very next line was, "I wish they would have done this differently instead of going public with it." What it came to me, yeah, what it would have come to me. I mean, that's that's the problem, uh, Mark. Yeah, uh, you can't you can't set conditions on how this is going to go. Just, right. just, in my mind, I'm totally with you, uh, Mark. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you as always, Mark Morehouse. We will uh, talk to you in the weeks ahead. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, thank you. Go hockey. <laughs> Go hockey is right, indeed. Go hockey, Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids. Because uh, yeah, speaking fun to of talk hockey, is there is there anything coming back? Phases. Uh, they're 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 in this third phase now. I think training camps are July the tenth. Okay. Uh, I think they've waived the quarantine. The man, you know, you're, I did not know this. I spoke with my sister over the weekend, mm-hmm. and she still lives in Winnipeg. Um, you can't go from province to province, like us crossing the Nebraska line. Yeah. There's checkpoints set up, and you have to quarantine for 14 days. Wow. Now, I've been wondering out loud why Canada's numbers are so good. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no border crossing in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, Manitoba, but there has been through this. Not border crossing, checkpoints. Governor Kim Reynolds joins us next. Miller and Condon till noon. Big 12 Conversation, 1135, 1460, 106.